Ben Lawrence. Paul Goody. Hey, pal. How's it going, buddy? It's okay there, <laughs> mister. Uh, I've been watching, I've been rewatching Fargo, the TV series. Oh, yeah, I like Fargo. In fact, uh, I am doing, I'm kind of doing it chronologically. So the last thing I saw was Fargo season four. Yes. Which is With, uh, uh, Chris Rock and. Yeah, yeah, it's the Chris Rock one, and it, it's the earliest chronologically. If you take the series, like, the main year for each series, because they jump back and forth in time yeah. in the series. But if you jump back the main year, so, uh, <coughs> so yeah, that was the one that I had watched. And then, uh, so, you know, I've been watching Succession. Oh, have you? And, and Kieran Culkin? I, I may not be pronouncing his first name right. Uh, is in that. Kiernan? Kieran? Yeah. Karen. I know who you're talking about, though. Yeah. So, and and I saw that he was in, I saw that he was in season two of Fargo. And I'm like, huh, that's weird. I wonder, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I wonder, you know, where where was he? I don't, I don't remember him. It's because he's, he's in the beginning of it. Yeah. And, and I recorded... Or no, I, I watched those two episodes, and two episodes in, I'm like, well, now I got to watch all of it. So I watched, I watched all of it, and then I was like, hey, wait a second, season one happens pretty close to after this, and some of the same characters are shared. So I'm going to watch season one now, and I finished season one, and I'm like, well, now that I've seen season one, I should finish it off and watch season three. But before I watched season one, and I forgot about this. I watched the movie. So it went, I watched season four, then season two, then the movie, then season one, and now I'm watching season three. It was very good. Yeah, that's, uh, I watched season four first because I, I heard that you didn't need to, I may have even heard it from you, that you don't need to watch it in chronological order. Uh and it was, I think, I watched uh, season four because it had, uh, I think, Timothy Oliphant was in it. Yeah, he and, was. And, uh, yeah, so I watched it because I'm like, oh, I want to see, I just finished, like, Santa Clarita Dice. So I'm like, oh, I want to see Timothy Oliphant. Um, and, uh, and, then, and then went back and watched one, two, and three. Uh, which means at the, uh, the reveal... At the end of season four, when you see um, yeah. uh, uh, Bokeem Woodbine in the back of the car, uh, I, I had no idea who that was. Yeah. Because I hadn't seen him yet. And then I got so caught it's, up. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, and yeah, what a great character he has yeah. as well. Um, yeah. But, it's a solid but yeah, TV so show. Season three, of course, uh, Carrie Coon is in it and she was in the leftovers i don't know who that is sort of things uh she's in season three she's the the old chief you know okay yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. so pretty cool Um, uh and then also (laughs) is it mike flanagan the the guy who who wrote and directed midnight mass Yes, and House on Haunting. Well, he didn't write House on Haunting Hill. Uh, Shirley Jackson wrote that, but yeah. he adapted it for Netflix. But yes, so, that's Mike Flanagan. So, in Midnight Mass, you, well, no, no, I'm sorry. In Hush, the movie Hush, you are watching something that happens to an author, and the author is writing a book and has just written a book <coughs> called midnight mass mm. and it's written the movie hush written and directed by the same guy so you're watching um i like it because you're watching this layer of reality where midnight mass is a and it's and and one of the characters even says oh i really liked i think it was riley is one of the members of the Aaron or she, the, the person mentions, you know, characters that 
that they really like. And those characters are characters of Midnight Mass. Mm. And then uh, the actor who plays the author in Hush also plays one of the main characters in Midnight Mass. Meaning that she is kind of done a self insert into the book, maybe. Layers I don't know. It's just cool. I, I like uh, it. Works on on multiple levels. Well, I, I mean that that, cool. that happens when you watch The Sopranos. The uh, the 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 movie Goodfellas is mentioned quite often in The Sopranos, and ah. uh, oddly enough, there are a number of actors in The Sopranos who were in Goodfellas. Interesting. So, like you know. Um, uh, Christopher Moltisante, uh, Michael Imperioli. He he talks about the movie all the time. He was actually in the movie. He got he gets well. I mean, spoilers for Goodfellas, but it's been what thirty years. He gets killed in the movie uh, by Joe Pesci, and but I know, haven't it's one, seen but it. But in in the TV show, it's one of his favorite films. Totally haven't seen it. Goodfellas, isn't that weird? It seems weird. It's like how I haven't seen it's a Wonderful Life. There are just some things that I just. Missed out on. <laughs> I'm surprised you haven't seen It's a Wonderful Life because I when when I was growing up, I just thought that everybody watched it because there weren't that many TV channels and it was on at least three of them. Um, yeah. And so when I was growing up, I mean, I think it was... I probably wasn't even a teenager until I saw the whole thing front to back, right? I'd always, yeah. I'd seen bits of it growing up because it was, whenever it came on TV, my mom would start watching it. Not surprised well, it, though that you haven't seen Goodfellas. It is one of those things where after after a while of not seeing it and tell people that I telling people that I haven't seen it, it has become a conscious choice to not <laughs> see Goodfellas and to not see It's a Wonderful Life. Um and, and by that I don't mean like I haven't people haven't said, Hey, let's watch this and I have and I, I refuse. No. no But it's just when I'm looking for something to watch, I I avoid those. Yeah. Because there are other things I want to watch. Yeah. I get that. I mean, I I haven't seen a lot of stuff Then people are still like, how dare you? I haven't seen that thing. And, uh, yeah, and I'm like, you know what? I'm Now I actively don't want to watch it. What is what is one of your because we did we did a little segment at one point in time, How Dare You with Ben Lawrence, yeah. where where you talked about something <laughs> you haven't seen that everybody tells you you should see. What haven't you, you seen? Know, I honestly recently? I can't think of anything in the moment, but it's usually some sort of like nerd. Well, Cowboy Bebop. We talked yeah, about that. You yeah, but a lot of people don't like how dare you? You know, it's like if I said I hadn't seen Star Wars. Then they'd be like, "How dare yeah. you?" Because I associate with nerds, right? You know, I would and geeks. I would, I would be. I'm in this world. How have I missed that thing? You're wearing it's, a mask shirt right now. Yeah. I mean, come on. <laughs> Anyone doubting your your so, cred as far as that goes? My my my. Uh, well, this is like my '80s toy bona fides right here. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, like, I I don't think I saw. Buckaroo Banzai until I was 30, you know? Yeah, that's that's uh, one of those that I don't know. I mean, did you like it? I'll tell you this. I watched it once. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is – and this is why I'm saying it. I think part of the reason – I just got – there. there's a new novelization, Buckaroo Banzai Against the World Crime League, that I'm looking forward to. I haven't read it yet um, because I'm, I'm neck deep in D&D stuff right now. But – As you should be. Yeah, well, um, yeah, Ian actually had to give me a talking to. He was like, uh, so do we have any character sheets that aren't in yet? And I was like, I don't know. I was going to write to everybody on Monday and tell him. He was like, you should you should do it sooner than Monday. And I'm like, all right, you're right. <laughs> it's probably true. Oh, because, boy. And I, I think part of, and you know, <clears throat> I think part of his, his, like, you shouldn't wait is that I I'm expecting that everyone will get back to me. Like I write and say, "Hey, do this," and then everyone will get back to me. They may not get back to me right away. You know what I mean? It, you may have to actually wrangle people, which is understandable. So I mean, I I, I know seventy percent of this cast. It's a large cast, by the way. Good lord, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, one of the reasons, and they were like, they're like, should we cut cut it down? I've, and I was like, I don't want to cut it down. I you don't can't cut. fire people. Get, exactly. Oh, Everybody's volunteering and all that. And and this is the thing that I'm thinking. And I I think I think Ian will get on board with this as well. I mean, it sounds like he he is already. I'm, and that's the, the one thing I want to say is it's not like, oh, no, I'm worried that Ian won't. That's not a, what I mean. I just I, I haven't spoken to him directly about it, but I'm of the opinion that with this many people and stuff like that, there is going to be less. I am not going to be extremely um, uh, pedantic about what the people do like if they say i'm gonna pull out ball bearings i'm not gonna go okay did you have ball bearings on your character sheet you know stuff like that i'm going to let some of this stuff slide a little bit like uh somebody says i want to have you know my my character has this is just one of one of the guys uh uh aaron has a a build that he's doing and he's like i want to i want to have like he has these things that he used for 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 lifting stuff that he's going to use as shields now and blunt weapons and i'm like (coughs) yeah okay i'm not gonna the other thing i'm not going to do is when when you roll something i like how much damage does it do i'm not i'm going to expect that you're not lying but all in all, this isn't like D and like if anyone attending the fundraiser is like, I expected to watch D and D rules as written and you have betrayed me. This is not what I've tuned into this. For. Th- that, that to me, it seems like maybe we have failed in our marketing. I think uh, this is. I mean, you shouldn't look at it like this is a D and D championship game. This is a right. an enter a piece of entertainment. It's to a piece raise of entertainment. It's fun. My yeah. goal, and this is this is something that I think is is true. Is I I it's not that I don't care about the audience, but what I mean is my goal as the DM is to make sure the players are entertained. The players and their interactions are what's going to be entertaining to the audience, and that's kind of. Yeah. That's how I feel about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, this isn't this isn't my thing. I'm involved with it, but it's you know, I'm I'm uh, uh, my feeling is of uh, if people watch, probably a small percentage are going to really really care about the five E rules. Right, and that's what I mean. Is is that I mean, there's there's a rule kind of at the beginning of of five E that's like. You know, all the other rules don't matter. Just have fun with your friends, and and that's yeah. that's great. And I yeah. think I think that works. The other thing I will say is that all the people are, and this is this is my main my main um, all the people <laughs> that we have as a cast are creative and funny and interesting people, and that's really all you need, in my opinion. Yeah, but. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see how it goes on the day. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be fun. I'm working with everyone sort of individually through emails and stuff like that, uh, right now to make sure that, that they understand, um, kind of where they fit into the world and what I want everyone to be, uh, participating and I think, I think we have seven players total. Um, I can tell you exactly how many. Yeah, that'd be great. For the people as well. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight players plus wait, you. So nine wait, wait, people wait, wait, total. Wait. Go through, go through the players really quick. Uh, Cheyenne, Daniel, Dave, Saranine, Omar, Brendan, Aaron, Cody. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Um, I I was... Cody, I apologize. I was forgetting Cody. Because Cody was a, a late addition. <laughs> ah. So, and yeah, has so, not gotten me his character sheet. Uh, yeah, I'm looking at the stage right now. Ian and I actually have a meeting tomorrow to talk about how we're going to do this whole thing. 
Oh. The, uh, the biggest um, question mark in my brain is audio and getting your audio to the players without it interfering with their audio. Oh, yeah. You know, um, I looked I looked into, uh, and this is just between you and me, of course, I looked into, like, fights and, and you know, what about going out there? It's it's like the cheapest the cheapest ticket I could find, and this is me going down on a on a Thursday and coming back on a Tuesday, right? This yeah. isn't even Friday to Monday. Cheapest thing was like seven hundred bucks. It's uh, prohibitively expensive. Wow. I mean, if you uh, like, would you if 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 money were no object, would you come out here for this? <sighs> well, okay. <clears throat> and keep this in mind, what, I think McCandless is listening. This is what this is what I have said. <laughs> I feel as though paying for me to go out there, we would lose money on the fundraiser with how much it costs <laughs> to go out there. Different buckets, man. Different buckets. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so I don't know, but yeah. Um. I mean, anyway, would, that's what I'm figuring out. Yeah, it would it would uh the way that, the way that I would see it uh working logistically, right, would be cuz it's on Saturday. Would be I leave Friday, show up there Friday night and then have to get somewhere to stay Friday night, be there on Saturday, go there and then come back on Sunday so that yeah. I'm back at work on Monday. Um all of which I think is less if there's if there's a if there's a way to work out the audio uh, differently. I would rather do that, and then because then I could just sleep at home. And like, but I I love you all. I am going to be getting my booster shot between uh, between now and when the when the show is also. Be sure to get it at least three days before the show because it it kicked my ass yeah no it's it's i'm i'm getting it like at the beginning of december yeah mine 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 was uh uh a lot harder than the second shot i was expecting oh, wow. the experience to be just like the second shot which was i was fine until 24 hours uh after the shot and then i was fluish and then yeah. like that night but i woke up fine the next morning and that was it this one, like, I started having symptoms the same day, and for two days straight, I was. Uh, it felt like I had a low grade flu, which was included it, uh, Thanksgiving. So, was it Pfizer? No, it was Moderna. Okay. Or sorry, I'm Spike Pfizer. Vax. <sighs> Moderna so, is now Spike Vax. Wait how how are how are they saying it? Spike Vax. Spike Vax. I don't like it. Spike. As in spiking yeah. a football. Vax. As in... Vaccination. Well, you know what that means. Yeah. Oh, hey, speaking about <laughs> vaccination for just a second. Um, yeah. There's this guy that I follow on TikTok who was talking about how he talks to um, anti-vax, anti-mask uh, people now, which I think is brilliant. So I'm going to share it with uh, you and our listeners. Um he said that the next time somebody talks to him about about that and he says well i i'm 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 doing it for other people and they say well they should they should worry about themselves and let me worry about me and all that what he says to them now is yeah that's understandable i mean some people can only handle what they can handle and so, yeah, take care of yourself. If you don't have enough spoons to deal with other people, if you if you have, you know, way too much on your plate and you can't handle helping other people, it's understandable. And if you need me to like help you out, if there's anything I can do to make things better for you, that would be great because he said you can't make them care about other people, but you can make them mad that you're implying that they're weak. <laughs> and I thought that was great. 
I uh, yeah, I was thinking about um, <clears throat> a bunch, uh, I haven't run into a bunch of anti-maskers, but of course I've seen the footage coming from the WalMarts across America where people yeah. just get mad. And I was wondering if these people, when they go to uh, their friend's house and uh, their friend asks them to take off their shoes and if they just flip out and start throwing a fit. I can say that that um, if they're friends, this is probably, dude, are you serious? Are you serious right now? Are you asking me to take my shoes? My shoes are fine, dude. Yeah. My shoes are my fine. My shoes my choice. I or are you My shoes aren't going to get your carpet dirty. My shoes are very clean. Exactly. Um the the thing that I feel just from growing up where I grew up and and doing all the things that I used to do as a kid with the people who are by and large the anti-mask folks and all that is that they are the people that will tell you to get a haircut. <laughs> yep. You know, my my choice, hey, don't tell me what to do and all that. Also, get a haircut. Yeah, hippie. Exactly. It not, something that doesn't affect. And the reason I think about this is because I saw a thing just recently where a woman was really mad about people who wear their masks in their cars when they're driving by themselves. <laughs> she and she was, was like, you look, you look stupid. You look stupid. Do you understand how stupid you look? And then people in her comments were like, and I've seen people walking down the road by themselves in rural areas, exclamation point, wearing their masks. And the thing is, again, none of this is affecting them. Yeah, these are the same people who get mad because other people are gay. Yeah, right. They they have to they have to know about it. Oh, and if they have to see it, that's even worse. Yeah. I just I just sit on my front porch and I think about how somebody's gay. Oh, and that's that makes me mad. I get all sit about it. I got to think about it for at least a half an hour. <laughs> and then I forget about it for a little bit. And then I start <laughs> thinking about it again. <laughs> And then my wife comes out to the shed, and I'm like, leave me alone. <laughs> um, it, don't you learn how to knock first? Uh, Thinking about gay people in here. <laughs> Just how mad they make me. <laughs> oh. So mad. So, yeah, that that's, that's uh, something that doesn't happen as much around here now. But, yeah, that was that was a big... <coughs> That was a big thing. Two 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 male friends just hanging out with each other had to had to keep distance away from each other and and stuff just so that people didn't think that they were a couple. That kind of I've thing. Been, Blair and I have been uh, Blair and I have been rewatching Mad Men and oh, yeah. we're on we're on season 3 right now. And it's interesting because uh, Sal Romano, the art director, is a closeted gay man and has to stay closeted. And this is a very you know pointed thing for the '60s, and they're, they've they've been making a uh, uh, um, you know illustrating that. Who's the actor who plays Brian Bat? Okay. And um, there was a scene in the episode we watched last night. It was one where he had to film a commercial that recreated the opening scene of Bye Bye Birdie with Anne Margaret singing Bye Bye Birdie on this blue background. And he's got his wife uh, and he's describing the he's actually walking through the choreography of the commercial he's going to film the next day. And it's very he becomes very effeminate as he's very like stereotypically gay as right. he's as he's uh, describing it. And you can see just the look on her face as she realizes what has happened. Ah, uh, yes. And part of me was like, all right, well, this is just storytelling. You know, this is part of the narrative of his character. But the other one, the other part was like, this can't be the first time you had these thoughts because just... Just by like the modern lens of looking at his behavior, like you know, you you clock him immediately as oh yeah, doesn't hide I it very know, well, does he? 
just from my own personal experience coming from a very small town in southern Illinois, uh, moving to a college town where there were people who were openly gay, that that be, the stereotypes that you get taught as as a as a kid growing up in like a very Protestant, very conservative area can actually help mask and camouflage your ability to recognize if someone is gay. In my opinion, really, because you're looking you're looking for the caricature, you're oh, looking for yeah, the yeah, yeah. the big cartoon, and yeah. and so more subtle hints don't always make it across. Well, then I mean, again. That's- that's you know, the thing. I, a, a lot of the a lot of the gay people that I know, I you know, if if I didn't know, I wouldn't I wouldn't suspect. But that's what I'm saying about Mad Men. They are they are telegraphing it. Yeah. Like right from the start for this guy. Yeah. So, I mean, that's and that's I don't know. It's it's a. It's the only way I can describe it is there is an active denial that happens yeah uh with with that sort of conservative mindset that if if it is someone that you think is an okay person right because you're taught that homosexuality is bad and you don't think of this person as a bad person Instead of when you learn that they are gay going, oh, I suppose I was wrong about gay people. The first thing you do is like, they're not gay. Like, that's what you jump to in these in these really rigid, conservative, Protestant communities. You know, and and it it, it will. And again, we go back to Liberace. Liberace and Richard Simmons, yeah, have a lot of a lot of you know Midwestern wives who are really into them and really like all their stuff, but wouldn't wouldn't admit that there was a possibility that those people were gay. <clears throat> there was also an episode that had a disclaimer in the beginning that said there was a in this episode there is a depiction of blackface. Um, because, you know, in, it's, it's in the show because it was, uh, illustrative of how casual racism was basically prevalent throughout, you know, 1960s white America. Yeah. And, and, the the discoveries like we kept it in, you know, to, 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 you know, maintain that, uh, sort of, you know, to, to you know, because it's a teaching moment, you know, it, it's a, and back in 2009, showing that on TV was not as big of the, uh, big of a thing as it, is, as it is now. Yeah. But, and so, you know, we watch the episode, the blackface moment happens. It's a caricature of, you know, Al Jules, not, you know, one of the characters is playing like an Al Jolson type. Yeah. And, um, yeah, yeah, and singing a song to somebody else, and 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 then after the episode, we were just like, that didn't even need to be in there. Like you could have taken that entire scene out, and nobody, and and you know, it didn't forward the plot at all. There weren't any character development moments except, oh yeah, that guy wore blackface once, um, and yeah, so it was a really, I, you know, it's if they had they did not have the disclaimer and they cut that scene out of the episode never would have known that something was missing yeah and and i i got to i have to wonder if like if they had done that would anybody who remembered it from like when it originally aired have, have thought to themselves hey wait a minute what happened to the blackface scene yeah and if they did complain could they not just say yeah um it was a blackface scene we <laughs> We cut it. That's what happened. Do you yeah. do you need more explanation, man? I still uh, I I think we talked about this in the podcast before, but I I remembered when I was a real little kid watching uh, an episode of the Muppet Show that Spike <clears throat> Milligan was on. 
mm-hmm. and how it was really crazy. Yes, we did talk about this. And then I watched it, and there was that disclaimer at the top, right? Saying that, you know, this this uh, has racial stereotypes. It was wrong then, and it's wrong now. But for historical purposes, we're still showing it. And, yeah. man, it was bad. <laughs> because it was... Uh, it was them celebrating the countries of the world or the people of the world or whatever. But like, if you can imagine Muppets that have been specifically designed to look like specific ethnicities. Yeah. It was not good. Yeah. 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 It's interesting too, because I've seen some of those Muppets. I can't remember where, but like I saw some, uh, it, they may have been genuine Jim Henson or Jim Henson production Muppets, but like, you know, really stereotypical, like Asian Muppets or like not stereotypical, yeah. but like caricatures of, right. uh, d- different yes. ethnicities. And you're like, these all, these probably also went through like a round of revisions too. Yes. You know, like some, some designer built it and then somebody else came in like, and like, ah, can you make it look more? Yeah, you know, this is actually interesting. There's a there was a a thing that happened in D&D just recently. Uh pretty recently where this this person uh was creating a module for them or, or a story for them and they went back and edited this this module to be more racist basically. After this, after this creator made something that was um, a, a very, uh, and I didn't read the original, and I didn't read, I, I, I did not read the, um, what they eventually ended up using. I avoided that book completely, basically. Yeah. Because of this, but, but yeah, they they went through and uh, turned what was an interesting and nuanced. Uh, culture that this person had created into a more savage culture because they thought that it worked better. It's for the you thing. know what this and, needs uh, more savagery. Exactly, and so yeah, that kind of stuff still happens. Still happens <coughs> even to this day. Obviously, um, obviously that's the case. Obviously, uh, but sometimes good things happen. Uh, we had the the actual um, Ahmaud Arbery trial ended yeah, the in a conviction. Came out, yeah, for the the killing of Ahmaud Arbery trial, yeah. and so that was good. It shows All three at least, convicted. yeah, things are headed in the right direction, at least hopefully. After the after the. Um, I can't even think of his name now. Do I even want to say it? The the what's that? Rittenhouse. Yes. After after that trial, um, I I watched the other trial as kind of a palate cleanser. And by by that, what I mean is that I you remember this? I was really mad about all the talks about pixels and oh you know uh, we can't trust this video evidence because it's you know. Uh, it's adding pixels, right? Ah, that whole, that whole thing just made me nuts and how the judge just didn't seem to know what was going on and all that. Whereas in, in the, in the killing of Ahmaud Arbery trial, uh, the judge seemed competent. The prosecutors seemed competent. It was, (laughs) it was nice to watch basically. Well, I'm glad you had a nice trial to watch. uh, Yeah. Sorry. It's uh, it's not something that necessarily needs to be dwelled on, uh, but it is, it is, the fact that he was killed is bad. I'll I'll say that that's that's true. <laughs> well, I'm glad you're the, taking a position. <laughs> the trial <laughs> itself actually seemed to be to be good yeah and i i do apologize my reaction to laughing to that is because you said it in a way that uh reminded me of steven trying to get me to not be so wishy-washy when it comes to talking about right and wrong which 
Which then, right. of course, that's my reaction. Um, so the onion has a series. In, you know how the onion does video clips? Yeah. They have a series where there's a guy who's pretending to be an autistic reporter. Okay. Which I find I I find the stuff that they're they're doing kind of funny, but there's just something off about him. And I I don't think the actor <clears throat> who's playing the reporter is actually autistic. I don't know for sure. But it seems like he's doing a, a thing rather than being a thing, if that makes sense. It's a bit. So yeah. is it insensitive to uh, people with autism? I don't think it's necessarily insensitive because uh, as an autistic person, I, I feel like the – I mean, I love The Onion in general just because everything that they do works out mathematically yeah. in the 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 <laughs> math of humor right uh i they're really good at it and so in this case i get what they're doing and the way that it's written is really good the way that it's performed is the thing that's off a little bit really for me yeah and it's it's just it's it might be that i'm just <laughs> And when I say things like this, Ben, I want you to know that I'm talking about my observations of myself, which cannot be trusted. But I feel like <laughs> I am much better at at masking than a lot of other people who are autistic. Yes. Because – and it took me a while to figure it out. I, I basically figured it out this week that people – who have special interest and, and get into them and really learn stuff about them can excel with their knowledge of it and all that. And I realized that, you know, I'm like, well, why am I not a, why am I not interested in, in math as much? Cause I do like math. Uh, why am I not interested in science as much? What am I doing? What am I doing? And I realized finally the thing that was the biggest mystery to me when I was a kid is what are all these people talking about? They're saying this, but they actually mean this. What is that? And so metaphor, sarcasm, humor, all that stuff is what I was interested in. And that's kind of what I jumped into. And I also believe that that's kind of why I'm better at... I never come off as normal <laughs> completely. <laughs> really? Um, but... <laughs> at least i'm i'm pretty sure but i i can get to a point where people actually enjoy interacting with me i'm not completely off-putting no which is what my memory of myself as a child was i think i spent a lot of time being someone that people could spend time with and be okay with the thing i'm learning now and the thing i'm trying is to not talk sometimes oh really because i came from a household where when people were silent it meant that they were mad and something bad was about to happen <laughs> and so i always feel silence and i'm always talking yeah and all that and i realize now that i don't have to do that that yeah. the people that i'm around now actually sometimes prefer it when I'm not <laughs> talking, that kind of thing. And so just being comfortable with silence is a, obviously talking about it on a podcast is a little weird, but you've noticed that I, I have okay. sort of trailed off and stopped talking sometimes. It's because I, I can think before I say things if I want to. And sometimes I get better at saying the things I want to say if I do that. Yeah, yeah. It's. I mean, it's that. I was reading um, a book called Mother Tongue: uh, The History of the English Language by Bill Bryson, and mm. he said that in English, 
of all the other languages, all the other cultures that he's looked into, and he seemed fairly well informed. Um, the silence that happens in conversation is more of a stigma to English speakers than it is to anywhere else. All other cultures are okay with there being silence, with pe like people being in a room and there's not a, and and nothing is being said, right? But if you go to like you know, you're at a party or something, and you're in a group of people, and and as inevitably happens, and I think somebody did a study on this, like every seven minutes, you know, the you know the, the, everybody's basically like run out of stuff to say. It's uncomfortable. It regard you know, and you know the, the uncomfortable silence is something that is brought up like when people are on dates. You know, like uh, you know if you can't like if you can't connect with the person you're dating or you're going out on a date with. But even just in a group of you know people who aren't dating each other, you know if you're if there's that uncomfortable silence, everybody gets everybody gets kind of freaked out and suddenly are racing uh, to think of things to say to fill that silence, and that's unique amongst English speakers. I don't know why. But it just is. Yeah. Maybe. Nope. <laughs> I was gonna. I... I was gonna say something. <clears throat> something dumb. Um. But. I was gonna say maybe. Maybe it's because. People in the United States. Were affected more by mass media than other people like radio and stuff like that. I don't know if that's, that's true, but there is that, that also that kind of fast talking. So, Hey buddy, what you say there? What's going on? You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> people do seem to speak <clears throat> at a faster pace in, in like your East coast places than they do in great Britain, for example. I, that might yeah. just be my perception, though. Although, if you're trying to learn French and you go to France, they it seems like they speak awful fast. Oh yeah, that's that's absolutely <laughs> true. It it yes, one hundred percent. I I told you that story where I went to France, and I was confident that I could actually get along in France because I knew how to ask for directions. Yeah, I can say how to get to this thing, and I I want to. I want to get to the train station. Where is the train station? But I had neglected to learn any of the, when someone is giving you directions, what they're saying to you. Right, right. And yeah. so I'm talking to somebody in there, and they're like, you know, a la gauche, a la droite, you know, that kind of thing. And a côté de la patisserie, or whatever. And... I said to them in English, yeah, I'm sorry, I didn't get any of that. Can you just give it to me in English? And they looked at me, and I was like, right. Every other place where I was learning French, the person teaching me could speak English. Yeah. And we could just break from it. When you're actually in the place, you might run into someone doesn't speak any English. And then, you know, you're, you're stuck. That... Almost exact same thing happened to me when I was over there. I was standing in line at some uh, like deli counter. I was buying a sandwich, and I can't even remember after all these years exactly what I wanted to ask or what I wanted to say to the person when paying. Um, <clears throat> but I remember I like I, I rehearsed what I was going to say in my head. And I kind of worked on like how to pronounce you know, my pronunciation, and everything, to make sure it was all perfect. And it was probably something like justice and some water, or whatever, you know. Yeah. Justice and, uh, and some water. <laughs> justice. And uh, and I remember I got up. It was my turn. I presented my food. I said what I was going to say, and the the checkout person just rattled off. I don't know what she was saying, but like. And I just got, I was just stood there wide eyed and I'd have, and I was like, I just, I just, I just, I just, I just, you know, just, just like, I'm a dumb American. I'm sorry. I dug myself a hole here and I need bailing out. Can I buy the also, sandwich and I'd like a glass of water? I, and I'm sure that you already know this. You use the formal verb 
tense, but the informal yeah. pronoun. Thing. So. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how that would would work. Part. <laughs> what would it be? Um, pardon me. Uh, and then no, it's not. It's not offensive. It wouldn't be. I and I I I, I was about to say something that I realized that you would have had to bleep it out. Um, <laughs> but but yes. Um, it, excuse me, you bastard. <laughs> How do I get to it's it's not exactly that but Which it's... Paul maybe that's the tone I wanted to convey. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> um so a lot of a lot of what <clears throat> I am dealing with now as far as work goes, as far as the uh D&D thing goes and all that is I have a level of participation that I've decided, yes, this is this is how I think I can do this. And I've become confident in that level of participation. Like, I'm going to do this, and this is fine. And then when someone asks me to do something more or less than that, it's a little bit confusing to me at first. I'm like, okay, do I have to do this? Yeah. And I think other people have this all the time, but it's it's one of the first th- times, like like now, absolutely now, during COVID, during all this thing, where where I feel like I have a little bit more agency. And the D and D thing isn't isn't so much, but but what I mean by that is not that someone's trying to put more responsibility on me at all. Like I'm not being, I don't feel like I'm being pressured or whatever, but when I think, well, I should do this. Uh, and I think, well, well, do I have to like, as an example, right? Uh, people, people's character sheets, get people's character sheets and learn what they do and all that. But do I have to, do I have to know everything that's on there? Or can I just ask them, Hey, what's this? And then they say back to me what they have. Is that not enough? And I think it is right. Uh, I was talking to, to Jennifer about how I was watching a movie, Gerald's Game, uh, just because I was, it's a, it's another Mike Flanagan movie. And I was like, I'm not having fun watching this anymore. And I realized, oh, I could just not watch this. I could turn this, I could turn this off. The idea of not completing uh, a film though is kind of foreign to me. The first time that it really happened, I was watching Match Point with Jennifer and she was like, let's get out of here. And I'm, and I really honestly was like, like thinking in the to myself, yeah, you can, you can do that. <laughs> yeah, they don't yes. lock the door. <laughs> and, and the idea, you know, again, like at work, don't talk about work. Don't talk about what I do. But if, if I think something is good enough, right. If I think that we've, that we've accomplished something, <clears throat> There is some time when no one but I know the right way forward. Like there are some things, if they're my activities, if they're the activities that I'm doing, I might be the best person to say, yes, this is this is what we should do. Right? I don't yeah. have to necessarily have someone sign off on my plan on how to do my work. And I think that you've probably gotten there already, Ben, with, when you're like editing a video, right? You don't have to, you don't have to ask, well, what would the best way, you don't have an authority necessarily that you have to go to. You have to go, the client has to like it, obviously, but there's no video police where if you say, okay, we're going to do it this way. And I think the client's going to like it where you don't you don't have to get a second opinion necessarily. You can actually make a decision about how you do stuff because you know enough yeah. that you can make but that as, decision. As long as you are staying within the, the confines of what you've been given. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, I've learned that lesson before where uh, the client asked for one thing and I'm like, I think it'll be better this way. So I'm going to do it this way. And then they're like, Nope, don't do it that way. Do it the way I asked. 
even if the way they ask is dumb and you know you do it that way and they say okay you know we were right, you were right do it that way the client needs to see that first so right. there's you know you, you you can practice that sort of autonomy but i mean when you're do, you know and when i deal with my own thing yeah i'm the last i'm the last guy who has to sign off on this but with with other people's stuff if i'm working on stuff for other people and they give a dumb note they need to see the dumb note yeah and that and that's the thing is that yeah maybe they maybe they look at it and they're like oh yeah okay because sometimes people have ideas about things and they're unformed in their head and as as long as something is unformed and not on paper you can have it where okay i want a red car that is that is small but fits six people and you can make that work in your head you can imagine the small red car, and then you can imagine people sitting in the car, but you don't realize that you're imagining people that are two feet tall. Right. Because because your brain is plastic like that. And yeah, making it go into the real world is a little hard. Also, hey, Betty! <clears throat> uh, it is the 300th episode, Ben. Episode 300, Paul. We should have celebrated. Hey, we're doing it now. Hey, Yay. congratulations. It's it's pretty crazy. So we have about 300 hours of stuff. Give or take. Which is pretty great, I think. Kind of crazy. It's a long time. Yeah. We are both trained now uh, for COVID to be on Zoom meetings and to... We've learned about give and take when you're on a, a thing that has a slight amount of delay. It's yeah. <laughs> pretty natural to us now. Although it's interesting when I put the two uh, audio files together, sometimes I will, like, for whatever reason, last week, last week when you're, uh, well, you can't hear me anymore. Last week, my... <laughs> hey, Betty, how's it going? Good. Uh wow, it's it's almost December. Can you believe where this year has gone? Yes. You can. Okay, good. I can. I mean, but you know, mm -hmm. it's it's a uh, time time is a linear uh uh arrow. Time flies like an arrow, but fruit flies like a banana. Yeah, I can see that expression. It's it's uh it's a terrible okay, joke. Okay. So, uh yeah, this year's been a whole lot of nothing for me. A whole lot of nothing. Yep. <clears throat> what 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 do you do to occupy your time? What's the, what's the latest uh, TikTok trend that uh, us oldies need to know about? The latest trend for me is talking to my friends. And also uh, the um the opening for the new part of JoJo just came out, and it looks pretty great. Oh yeah, the the, the new part of JoJo is it? Uh, well, the, the new part that's season? getting animated. The the part already existed, but it's getting animated. Ah. And the opening <clears throat> just came out, and it's really good looking. Cool. Is that your favorite uh, piece of media? Yes. Have you seen every single minute of it? Basically. Probably, yeah. Mm -hmm. I can I can tell you what's uh, new, Ben. What all the kids are are doing. What's that? All the kids are doing Ponytown, Ben. Ponytown. It's. Tell me I'm what Ponytown the, is. I'm not all the kids, Dad. I know two kids, and both those kids, they like Ponytown. You know Brendan. I know three kids, and all the wait. Does he like Ponytown? I don't think so. I like. I know three kids, and two of those kids <laughs> like Ponytown. Well, it's that's a majority. It's basically like um. Uh, it's basically like you know your online chat room things, but your avatars are little ponies that you can decorate. It's the main form of communication my friends, I have with my friends. Really? And even though it's embarrassing, it is what it is. <laughs> well, anyway. at least you have a All way right. to yeah. communicate I'm with gonna your friends. I'm going to go now. I need to go to the bathroom. All right, see you, buddy. Bye. Have fun.
Okay, so last week you were saying? I have completely forgotten what I was saying. Oh, that's too bad. Well, you yeah. took the headphones off and couldn't hear me anymore. I know you were you were in the I was reading your lips though, Ben. I even I even prompted you to keep talking. Well, maybe what I was saying would not have been appropriate for Betty. Have you ever thought about that? <laughs> Last week we talked about how Betty <clears throat> Yeah, it's possible. But yeah, so this is Edward. Edward's here, Ben. Hey Edward. Uh, Steven's listening or watching and he says hey, Jojo Steven. is weird but not in the way people think yeah it is definitely weird um, we're on season 4 now or not season is it season 5 I guess we're, I guess it's season 5 I couldn't tell yeah. you it is it's season 5 and it is it is really <sighs> I was going to say it's really bizarre it is Obviously, it's JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. That's why saying it's really bizarre is <laughs> redundant. But um, yeah, it's nuts. It's nuts, and we've we're we're watching it right now with uh, Betty, so that we get it done before the new one shows up. Gotcha. What's happening? I just realized oh. that. I mean, my, my microphone is on screen, but you yeah. can't really see it because the black background. Yeah, until you did that, I, I did not realize that there was a microphone there. <laughs> pretty good shotgun mic right there yeah anyway so hey ben it's getting close to that time we have about three minutes left well uh, what do you want to do see. in the final three minutes well we... um we've actually got three and a half minutes um so so steven is watching uh i i want to just take this time to publicly thank steven for helping uh support marching bands Specifically, the Edwardsville Marching Band. Uh, he bought a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, a lot of people bought a whole bunch of stuff. I know about Stephen because um, a lot of his stuff arrived at our house. Uh, thank he you. He bought Stephen. stuff for you. He bought stuff <laughs> for us to support Betty's right. band, which is amazing and and awesome. And thank you, yeah. Stephen. I bought some. I bought a couple things for that. Hey, thanks, Ben. Uh, thank you very much. So, so yeah, the, the big thing is that when she's not in marching band, Betty and I have to go on walks, uh, cause otherwise Jennifer gets mad at us because we both are, uh, she wants you to be out of the house. She wants us to exercise uh, Yeah, because we yeah. don't, we don't do it. That was one of the nice things about Seattle is that you kind of had to walk around and, and here you don't. That's, There's no I mean, real public transportation. That's the that's sort of what saved me, I guess, during the pandemic is that I, uh, I, I, I consciously don't, or in life, I don't exercise, but I do walk a lot because yep. it's a half hour walking commute from my home to Annex. And, so, and walking is enough, you know? Yeah, yeah. And then I so, just yeah, cancel the, all that out, all that workout with a bunch of chocolates and cookies. Yeah, man, cookies are so good. Candy and cookies, both of them, very good. Love me some candy. Although after I broke a tooth recently, I've kind of I'm, I'm laying off of the hard candies. Oh yeah, did you get fixed? Oh yeah, I got it. I got it fixed. I got two fillings replaced in the span of as many weeks. I'm done oh, wow. going to the dentist for a while. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Knock on wood. I'm doing. Sure. I'm doing what I can. So, so the, the last thing, I guess, is just to say, Ben, these 300 episodes uh, have been great, and, and I, I cherish this time that we have to speak to one another. Indeed. It, it, helps, it helps keep me connected to the, to the place that I love, but is more expensive to live at than I can currently handle. So. It's awfully pricey here, but hey, man, it's good. It's been good talking to you for these uh, these twelve and a half hours of podcast. No, twelve wow. and a half days. Sorry, twelve and a half days of. Podcast. I was going to say, wait, yeah. is that twenty four hour days as well? Twenty four hour days. Wow. So so really, almost if if we're working, if this were a work, it would be thirty six days, whole month, <laughs> whole, whole month, month worth of podcasting. <coughs> 
Bless you, Ben. And I just sneezed. And with that, I think it's time to keep it wrong, Paul. All right, Ben. Until next time, please keep it wrong. I will speak to you next week. Yep. Oh, wait. We have <laughs> seven more seconds. Oh, no. I'm going to stop the stream anyway. Bye. Yeah. See you, Ben. Room tone. <laughs>